And let's go on the board, on the bench sports, episode number one. Jeremy Hubbard here with you on On the Board. And just quite honestly, when I was talking to uh, Cam Koffel, who runs the bench, and he and I talked back and forth about me coming on board and being a part of the show, the intentions were for me to be solo. But you know what? It wasn't quite my style. Probably not the way that it would work best for me. So here we go. Jeremy Hubbard here with you. Joined by... You kind of get... It's it's a family feel here at the bench boards. The one and only, my brother, Josh Hubbard. Josh, how's it going tonight? Shoot, man. Just living a dream. Living a dream. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be doing this. I've uh, been wanting to do it. I love sports. I love talking about sports. So, so why not? You know, it, it's actually interesting because you and I have been involved in different media things over the last few years. Um, we both have done a lot of play-by-play, whether it comes to high school sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, and, and to be a part of something that I, me and you have had this conversation. You, you've known about the bench now for a, a week or so, a few days. I've been following it since I found out about it. And we both truly feel like we're kind of on the ground floor of something, right? Like, there's you've listened to a lot of these shows that have been on, I've listened to a lot of the shows, and there is, I think you would agree with me on this, there's a ton of talent out there and a ton of talent being utilized here on the bench. And me and you are excited because we get to get in on the ground floor where we feel like it's something that's just going to take off. Oh, absolutely. And and this is one of those things that, that you're super excited about joining. Um, you know, you're coming into something, you know, it, it's a lot of talent kind of coming together. Um, a lot of people don't really get involved in something like this because they don't know how. Um, and, and I mean, it's, man, it's one of those things that it's, you're super pumped to be involved with it. Um, and like you said, just being on the ground floor and being able to come in um, and, and grow with this thing is, is just super exciting. Well, you know, we also have been talking a lot about the fact that, you know, you and I, <laughs> I think people are going to learn this about us, and they may like it and they may not. We kind of have a wide variety of things that you and I both follow. I think that you and I both love the NFL. You and I both love baseball. But, you know, you're more of a pro guy, especially when it comes to football. I'm a college guy that kind of follows it both. But I think what's great about you and I doing this together is we're going to be able to kind of jump on a bunch of different things. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that – it, what's fun for me and you anytime just if we're talking you know like if we're surrounding each other talking about what's going on it's exciting for us because we talk about <laughs> we were together what july 4th last time we really had a long conversation and i think we hit 20 topics you know so right I, I think that's something that's unique about what we do and i'm excited you know for us to get to do this as well and be a part of what this is what this can be on the bench because if you listen to the bench at all and i hope you are and we're going to plug different shows as we go along here but a lot of guys are, are very knowledgeable about specific things, right? Like, I know you and I listened to an NBA show. Yesterday, we are talking back and forth about it, and those guys, Josh, does a great job with that show. But uh, maybe, I don't know if that's a benefit or not, me and you, about knowing a little bit about a lot of things instead of a lot about a few things, you know? Oh, uh, absolutely. And, you know, that he's sitting there, and he's doing his NBA show, and I'm texting you back and forth, and I – I mean, he's touching on stuff that that me as just the casual NBA fan, and like you, the way you worded it, 
uh, know a little bit about a lot. Um, you know, stuff that I'm not thinking about watching this finals or heck, watching any part of the, the playoffs or anything like that. He's touching on that stuff. Um, and, you know, I can't get into the intricate details like he did, uh, but I know enough about it that we can have a conversation and, and at least sound intelligent about it. That's the Out the Gym show, by the way, uh, here on the Bench Sports. Uh, actually, I was texting back and forth with Josh, uh, and he's going to actually come on our show uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks talk about the NBA, the NBA draft coming up. And I know that he definitely uh, is our, uh, our dude on that that we'll talk to as we go along in here. Okay, so once again, here's what I'll say about the bench. Take the time to get involved. Find us all on Twitter. We're all there. Our show on Twitter, you can find us at on the board and then the number three. Hey, I'm not real sure why. That's just what Twitter gave me. Uh, I, but it is what it is. On the board three at the bench sports. That's two S's on the end of sports. So get in be a part of that on Twitter. Hey, if you want to be on the air, I'm telling you, I think Cam and the rest of these guys would love to have new new blood on here. We want to fill this thing up. We want it to be 24 hours. We are ready to go. And so uh, help us out and be a part of that. And so with no, with, with no other things to talk about there, let's get going. A lot of stuff to talk about. Okay, the Olympics. I know you and I were texting back and forth today and talking on the phone a few times about the Olympics. The Olympics, of course, the uh, uh, opening ceremony is on Friday, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time here in the United States. Of course, uh, with the games in Tokyo, the time difference is going to be crazy. But the Olympic action actually started tonight. I was actually watching a little bit before we came on the air tonight that the um, softball competition is underway, and Australia and Japan are playing right now. Uh, They're tied up at 1 in the second inning, but then uh, United States will play tonight um, as they Based take on, on the Italiano. Yeah, Italy. Uh, so that'll be uh, a fun one tonight um, in the Olympics. So that one starts at about, uh, I think, 10 o'clock Eastern time. So we're a couple hours away from the United States and Italy taking off softball. But enough about that because we, you know, actually we're both softball people, but that's another day, another story. But what I want to ask you this, I asked you this question, and, and we talked a little bit about it, but do you think the Olympics matter anymore? And I ask you that question because I can remember as a kid, and, and Josh, just full disclosure, Josh is about, what, three years younger than me, a little bit over three years. And so I can remember the Dream Team Olympics, right, 1992 in Barcelona. Josh probably doesn't remember them as well, but then the the Atlanta Games in 96 with the bombing, and I was a part of watching that, and, and I know, like, Josh was probably around the age where we started remembering this stuff, but to me, the Olympics used to be a huge deal, and I know the Olympics are still a big deal in some sports, I think, in gymnastics and swimming. It's kind of a big deal, Josh, but I'll just straight up ask you, do you think the Olympics are even important anymore? I, I, you kind of know how I'm going to answer this question, and, and, and I will say this, like, I went through and I was looking at all the sports that we've got going on in the Olympics now, you know, and, and to me, like I had no idea badminton, badminton was part of the Olympics. Um, you know, like, like we have come a long way. Like we've come a really long way from when the Olympics first started. Like everybody's dressed now, like everybody's got clothes on. Um, but, but in all honesty, and, and I told you this earlier today, like I would be a whole lot more impressed with the Olympics you know, if, if, if it was in this format, and just hear me out, um, I know you kind of have an idea, but, 
you think about it. Each country, let's just say 20 people on a team, 10 females, 10 males. But that's your team for everything, like badminton, water polo. Like, imagine Kevin Durant shooting a basketball 7 p.m. on a Monday, <laughs> turn around, got to wear those little ear things, and play water polo on Wednesday. Like, you give me that. And I'm watching the Olympics. Yeah, you know, and when, <laughs> when when you mentioned that to me earlier, I was like, first off, this dude's off his rocker. Second of all, why am I letting him on the air with me? But when, the more I thought about it, I thought there's something to this, right? Like, um, it. it so think, all right. It, you would finally get the best twenty people, as you mentioned, from every country, right? So now you don't have to worry about, you know. The United States always dominates the medal count, right? Because they are good at so many sports. But there's some like United States doesn't even have people in. Okay, so now you're giving these other smaller like, countries. Does the U.S. have a badminton team? Well, I, I mean, probably. If not, I you know, how do you want to get in the Olympics? We can be in the Olympics in 2024. If the U.S. does not have a badminton team, I'm telling you right now, on July 20th, 2021, you and I will be on the the badminton team in 2024. If there's not one. Okay, but here's the deal. Those smaller countries don't have a chance to win on a bigger scale. Now they have a chance. You know, like, we're always about making things even and having a fair competition. There you go, right? Like, so I think there's something to what you're saying. Listen, it'll never happen. <laughs> but I personally, no, it, I love I mean, the think idea. think about it. Simone Biles playing point guard. You know, addition it to Durant. Durant, you know, fade away three, you know, in the corner. Like, something like that. Um, you know, you've still got the specialist, obviously you've got specialists, but I mean, it, it, like you said, it does kind of even the playing field a little bit and heck, it's going to bring somebody like me in to watch, because even if I do watch anything in this Olympics, it's going to be maybe basketball. It may be Simone Biles doing her thing just because, you know, she's freaking awesome. Uh, but other than that, like, I'm not going in and watching somebody, you know, uh, the decathlon, um, that that's just not my cup of tea. The funny thing is you also just made the Olympics co-ed, by the way, because you said that Simone Biles and Kevin Durant playing at the same time. I don't know how that would work. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. Inter- it would be interesting to see how you would pick your team. Like, listen, I- I'm just telling you, I'm just spitballing here. I think we just came up with another topic for another day. As, we- <laughs> as we're waiting on football season, okay, the conversation is if you were picking the 10 male athletes for the, for your- for- for the on-the-board Olympic trials in 2024, what would it look like? I'm just saying, we'll talk about that. That's actually interesting. But so here's here's my thing about the Olympics. I'm gonna watch it. All right, like I'm not gonna like watch it religiously, um, but I'm gonna watch it. I think there are some things about it that are definitely fun. I you know I, I watch swimming once every four years, and that's at the Olympics, right? Like um, I watch diving once every four years. It's at the Olympics, and it's kind of like the World Cup for me in soccer, which kind of leads me to another point. I'll, I'll mention in a minute, but. I only really watch soccer when it's the World Cup because I, I just don't casually follow it like with these other sports, okay? But what's happened to me is this. Let's take baseball, for example. Of course, baseball hasn't been an Olympic sport until now, until this Olympics again. It's been out for a few. But you have the World Baseball Classic in baseball, right? You have the World Cup, like I just mentioned, in soccer. You have all these golf competitions and tennis competitions that are all international, and to me, what's happened is we're seeing all those guys compete against each other on a regular basis. You know what I mean? So, like, 
watered down. Yeah, if if you watch, I mean, think about the British Open was last week, right, in golf. And think about the number of, of guys that were in that competition last weekend that are now going to be back competing against each other in two weeks in the Olympics, you know? So it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those things to where it's, to me, the international, the globalization of sports and, and our sports world has made it to where, I don't know. It's just, I, I know in some sports they don't do, I mean, they do, they have international swimming competitions. They have international gymnastics. Competitions. Gymnastics. I they, mean, they do. But, you know, I guess we don't casually follow those. Like I'm not going to just bow up on a regular June afternoon and watch the world gymnastics championships, but I know they're out there. And so I think that has something to do with it really. And, and I, I don't want to say that they're not important. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that they don't matter. I just think that we're, it's kind of like interleague playing baseball, right? Like when interleague play started in baseball, we were worried about now you take away some of the fun of the all-star game or now when the world series happens, uh, think about when we were kids. All right. You, you go to the world series and you see the Braves and the Yankees. It's the only time they play, right, is in the World Series. Well, now the, the Braves and Yankees may play every year. You know, the Braves and Red Sox do play every year, you know. So, I don't know. It, it just kind of – you lose a little bit of that luster. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think you and I probably agree on this part too. I think that the social media age of guys who want to just promote themselves a little bit, I don't think it's as important to some of our athletes – to play for the United States anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think that's a global issue. I think it's a United States issue, truthfully. Like, I, I think other countries, people are proud to be in the Olympics. But if I'm an NBA player, why do I get as excited as I do about playing for the United States? You know what I mean? Right. No, no, and absolutely. And and the, the whole NBA thing, I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but, but, I mean, that's kind of the deal. Um, you know, these guys, they can – they don't have to go to the Olympics. Like they're not, they're not MJ. They're not, you know, magic and bird and all those guys. Like they were a part of something like, like you mentioned earlier, like they were the dream team. Um, Clyde Drexler. I remember Clyde Drexler. I don't know that I would know who Clyde Drexler was if it wasn't for the dream team. And, and that's, if that was now, like people would know Clyde Drexler because of social media at this point. Like, you yeah. can turn on um, a Blazers game or a Rockets game at any point, and you would be able to see Clyde Drexler. Twenty years ago, you couldn't, and and so you know, with with ESPN being able to feed you anything you want, you know, you've got what is it, NBA full court pass or whatever. Um, you know, you've got social media where you've got access to every single game guy you want to watch, um, and, and it's not as big of a deal for anybody anymore to like that's. That's the only time you can see those guys play together was the Olympics. Um, whereas now, you know, you've got the all-star game. Hey, you got super teams. You don't need the Olympic team anymore. <laughs> um, and so another topic for another day, though. You know, and I think I think back to, to prior Olympics, and we, we've talked about the Dream Team a couple of times, so I'll stay there. But that was also the first time that I remember seeing all these NBA guys together. Okay, so like – even in the All-Star game in the in the late 80s, early 90s, Jordan and Magic never played together, right? Like, Bird and Magic had this great rivalry, and they, they played each other in college, but they, they played each other in the regular season, but they never played together. You know what I mean? And so I think that was another huge deal at that time. But 
let's go back even further. Would it change your mind about the Olympics? Would it matter more? Would it be more important if you took away professional athletes and they had to be amateurs again? I mean, do you think that makes a difference? Uh, probably not. I'm, I may be more enticed to watch it, uh, but still probably not. I'm probably still not going to plop down at, at eight o'clock on, you know, on a random Tuesday or Thursday or Wednesday night and watch the Olympics. Um, unless it's something that I want to watch, you know, it, it'd be something like, like softball intrigues me. I would watch softball, um, you know, maybe a basketball game here or there. If I knew like maybe they were playing Luca, uh, yeah. you know, I might, I might watch somebody that I'm, that I'm familiar with, but I, I don't want to go see, um, so I will change my answer. I don't want to go see a bunch of guys. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's probably even less appealing to me. Well, I think the the thing about it is, in past Olympics, you've had teams like you mentioned Luca. Is Luca good enough on his own to take on the U.S.? Like that, to me, that's the battle in that situation. And me and you, I think we both would agree we're not NBA guys necessarily, but I mean, is Luca good enough to take his country, put him on his back, and go beat the United States? Well, I mean, hey, look, they lost to to Australia and Nigeria in the last week, right? So, And and this kind of full circle back to where you were talking about these NBA guys, they don't necessarily care about being on, you know, on the USA basketball team. I guarantee you, Luca was pumped and and is pumped to be a part of that team, you know, and, and, and you're right. And I think it has to do, it it goes back to the United States culture. You know what I mean? Like the culture in our country is it's, it's about me and it's about what I want to do and protect myself and, you know, I think back to like guys like Paul Gasol and Marc Gasol. If we're talking about basketball only, right? Like they wanted to represent their countries. Like that was what they did, and so that was what was important to them. And you know, and you're right. I bet Luca's motivation, Luca's play, will be higher than most of the guys on the NBA team well, or the USA team. What happens? If you look at it from from the pure perspective of if Kevin Durant leads U.S. basketball to a gold medal in the Olympics, it's Kevin Durant. He's supposed to. If Luka goes and, and leads Slovenia to the gold medal in Olympic basketball, like, he's for he may have a statue, maybe multiple statues. Yeah, he'll you know, be the president and, one day. And, and, and Durant, you know, that's what he's supposed to do. Well, I think you're right. And, and I think the other thing is this, that – to us, you you just mentioned this, and, and it's my last point about it is in the United States we just we only pay attention to to those things that we dominate, right? Like we we talked about sports that we don't even know exist. Um, we we I'm not even sure that um we even know about those sports because we're not good at them, you know. And so like the U.S. domination factor, how does that how does that play into it? You know, like we don't necessarily care about. X, Y, Z, because we're not winning. We're going to worry about the things we can win, you know? So, right. Well, and takes you back to Kevin Durant wearing those ear things and playing water polo. Like, I don't know if we go and win water polo and, and we're gold medalists in water polo. And by any means, if you're listening and you play water polo, not dogging you. But I mean, it's like one of those deals to where you give me the regular U.S. water polo team playing water polo. I'm not watching. You give me Kevin Durant playing water polo, I'm intrigued. I'm getting on there. I, I think we all would actually like. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. We would all love to watch Kevin Durant play water polo. And if you're listening, remember Josh and I 
we are definitely trying out for the badminton team. We're going to look that up. We'll talk, we're going to be back on the air tomorrow night. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll have the plan as we go along. Okay, let's shift gears. The Olympics are coming up. Great. But also, you and I, we can agree on this. Favorite time of the year pretty much gets underway tomorrow. It's been going on for the last couple of days. We've had press conferences, stuff like that. But the NFL training camps open tomorrow. Cowboys, Steelers, the Buccaneers are actually going to start practicing again tomorrow. They're the three that kind of play the earliest, right? So the NFL season upon us, I, I know we could talk about this probably for two hours, but we won't. But let me ask you, well, let's go back. Let's talk about how the 2020 season ended, right? With with the man, the GOAT, Tom Brady, um, winning another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay in a game that obviously – I mean, Josh, you know this. How many people thought he could win it? Because I mean, you know I did, right? Like, you know I was on the Tom Brady bandwagon. But Brady went Super Bowl for the Buccaneers, and, and I saw you mention this in your notes you sent me. They have all 22 guys back. And let's start there. One of the things that I'm looking forward to about this season is we, we'll do some previews as we go through, right? So we won't get too deep into predictions, stuff like that right now. But the question, one of the questions I want to know is, can Tom Brady do it again? Uh I fell asleep when you started talking about Tom Brady. Um, but, I, I mean, in, in all seriousness, um, I'll even take it back even further. When Brady chooses Tampa, um, you know, he's walking into, as far as personnel-wise on the field, the X's and the O's, um, or, or, or what? what is it, the Johnnies and the Joes? What is that saying? Yeah, it's um, not the X's and the O's, the Johnnies and the Joes. So, so the Johnnies and the Joes that he's on the field with, um, I mean, he he got an immediate upgrade. Um, he he yes, he had Moss, yes, Edelman and Welker, um, Corey Dillon. He didn't have anything like he just walked into in Tampa. Um, he's he had a great defense with Belichick, but that dude he ain't ever had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, yeah, Gronk came down there, so that's always a plus for him. Um, you know. He, he had a Leonard Fournette that for whatever reason was banished in Jacksonville and ended up, you know, making the, making the left turn and heading west and going to Tampa. Uh, you got Ronald Jones, who was a good young back. I mean, and that defense, that defense is like solid. And, and if you think about it, you know, Shaq Barrett was an afterthought in Denver. Um, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't hardly get on the field. You got Shaq Barrett. You got JPP and his uh, his eight fingers, I believe, or seven and a half. I don't know how many. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's got good young corners, good young safeties. Um, but probably the best linebacker duo in the league. Um, and, and I will say this, and I, you know how much I dislike the Patriots, so therefore I in turn dislike Tom Brady, but like, He's always had stud defenses, and I, I will never take away from what Tom Brady has done in the NFL. Um, and I'm not saying that any—I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same situation can't go go win a Super Bowl with the team that Brady had by any means. But it just goes to show that that it is a team sport. It's not Brady. Um, it, it's not all Brady. Uh, even though Brady has a million rings, I don't, I don't even know seven now or six. I, <laughs> thank you, Peyton. Thank you, Peyton and Eli. But you know, it, it's it's it, it does go to show the greatness of Tom Brady, but also that that football is a complete team sport, and the fact that they're bringing back all twenty two starters, 
every single person, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL, better be scared. You know, I, I think, and, and I don't want to chase the Buccaneer, you know, rabbit for too long, but I'm with you. Like, if, if you know, kind of the play on words here with the show on the board, it's a Vegas nod to me because I, I enjoy the, the Vegas part of, of athletics. But, you know, if, if you're looking at it, you, you better respect the fact that they're really good. And I think they should be the favorites. I think if, if I'm running Vegas Sportsbooks, to me, they're the favorites to win the whole thing again. I know he's, what, 42 now, 41. Um, I think I he's... I think he goes backwards. Yeah, yeah. No, I, Benjamin Button, right? Like, that's that's who Tom Brady is. So, I, I think they have a good chance to do it again. I don't want to pick that yet. A lot of stuff can happen. Right, we saw an injury today with Cam Akers before training camp even started with the Rams. He's out now for over a year with a ruptured Achilles, and so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it scares me because okay, full disclosure: Josh is a Jets fan, right? So that's therefore his dislike for the Patriots and Tom Brady. I'm a Cowboys fan. It scares me knowing that we're the first ones to practice tomorrow, and it, it almost feels like every year when you get that first practice, somebody goes down, and I'm like. Obviously, as a Cowboy fan, with with Dak and his injury last year, you don't want it to be him. You don't want it to be Zeke. If you know, not to wish bad things on fifth or sixth string guys, but if you if, you know, you got to avoid major injuries in the preseason. Okay, a couple other questions I want to ask you about. I just want to get spitball, and then I'll let you wrap up if you want to with some NFL stuff. But how do you think the 17th game affects what NFL teams do, or do you think it has an impact on what they do? Uh, to be honest with you. Um... You know, I, I'm kind of in the wait-and-see approach with it. I don't think it changes anything. Um, well, I mean, here's here's what I think it changes, right? Like, I think that what happens is it, it will affect the way they do things probably in the preseason. Um, I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure what it ultimately changes in what they're doing, but I think it does have some effect on what they do. Um, What I'm most concerned about with that, that extra game being added is, you know, I I may not always seem like it, but I'm a stats guy and and I would hate to see some of these records that have been around. And and I know, you know, the NFL has gone, you know, they've added the games all throughout the years. Um, But I would hate to see some of these records, like 2000 rushing yards is a big deal. It needs to continue to be a big deal. And, you know, Derrick Henry gets another game. Last year, Derrick Henry breaks the record, you know, and well, that's my biggest concern. You know, it's kind of like baseball, right, to where for so long they had 154 games and then records came in at 162 and they're they're recognized as the records. Um, But I'm with you on that. But I think the preseason, losing the preseason game, I know starters don't usually play in that fourth one. Um but I think now, what do they do? Do they only play in two and they get the third one off? You know what I mean? Like, there's some there's some things about getting them ready, I think, that have to change. But will be interesting. The good news is my Cowboys won't go 8-8 eight eight again. Uh, it's not possible. Okay. Two quarterbacks Ooh. on it. Two. Jeff Fisher's coming out of retirement. Yeah, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, he could. <laughs> he never go 8-8 eight eight again. Okay. Two quarterbacks I want to ask you about. Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. What do you think about 2021 for those two? Um, I... So, so I read something, and I don't know how true this is, that Aaron Rodgers was getting his house in Green Bay deep clean, um, and all the players <laughs> do that before before they show back up. 
And so, so I have full faith that Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's, he's a newly engaged man. Um, Shailene Woodley, he's newly engaged. He's playing. Dak Prescott, listen, I, again, same thing with the Patriots. Cowboys are probably my number two. But Dak is one of the, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks around. Um, the Cowboys, it, it showed how big of an impact Dak has on that team last year after he went down. You know, it, they had Andy freaking Dalton. And, uh, you know, Dak, Dak's a big player. And I do think – I think Dak's one of those guys. He's not going to let that injury hold him back. I think he's going to go out there and play just like before the injury. And I think he's going to be just as good. Well, I hope he is, you know, first as a Cowboys fan. But first, because I think that, that Dak kind of became like the guy that everybody in the league loved last year when he got hurt. Like, to see the way he got hurt. His contract situation, you know, was a big deal at the time because he didn't have a contract. And were the Cowboys going to treat him right? Or was he going to be, you know – not able to go out and make as much money he did. By the way, Jerry opened up and paid him very nicely because Jerry understands how important Dak is. I think Dak's very important. I think Dak's going to have a big year. I think that that I you know I'm I'm a Cowboy fan. But I'm also a realist. I'm not ready to say they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I do think they're the favorite to win the NFC East in my opinion because Dak will be healthy and I think Dak's going to be really good. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, you know he turns down the big extension. You know this week, by the way which is a huge deal to me, uh, and, and it's a prime example of maybe it's not all about the money for A-Rod. Um, I think we see so many guys in sports today that they say they don't want to play for a team, they're going to hold out for more money. This is a guy that I think truly does not like the guys in the front office in Green Bay. I think it's centered around one or two guys, but he doesn't like them. And, and quite well, honestly, I don't think – I don't know if he'll make it – I mean, I think he's gonna, I think he's going to report to training camp, but – I don't think the Packers want to trade him, but I think this is something to watch. Well, and and so Aaron Rodgers famously, you know, told everybody to R E A L X. <laughs> well, I've got another R word for you, and and it's one thing that that seems to be lacking in Green Bay. And I'm pretty sure and I'm not up on my my old school soul music, but I'm pretty sure it was Aretha that said R E S B C T, and that's what that's what A Rod needs coming out of Green Bay, and I, I, I'm with him. I don't feel like he gets enough of it. He doesn't get help. Um, yeah, he's got Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams was, what, a second-round wide receiver? Um, I I know, as far back as I can remember, Green Bay drafts a corner in the first, <laughs> and like, and sometimes a corner in the second. Like That's what they do, and yes, they've got this great thing called Aaron Rodgers that chunks the ball to these guys that nobody knows, um, and, and it's one of those deals where, like, if you give Aaron Rodgers even, like, a second target, because right now that second target may be Robert Tanyan. It may be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, like who Amari Rodgers, like, who are these guys? Like, Robert Tanyan, up until last year, like, I thought that was a lumberjack. <laughs> and so, like, who, who are the guys that you're trying to surround Aaron Rodgers with? What are you trying to do here? And, and is it are, – are you hurting – by trying to, okay, we've got Aaron Rodgers, we've got that safety blanket on offense, let's fix the defense, or are you going to push Aaron Rodgers away? And like you said, he may not make it through training camp, um, and they may be forced to, to do something and move him. Well, you know, I heard this today, and this is this is kind of an indictment on a lot of people, right? Like, think about Mike McCarthy, for example. I was listening to some, to some uh, Dallas Cowboy uh, media people on the radio today, and they were talking about the fact that Mike McCarthy 
By the way, in Vegas, he's the favorite as the first coach to be fired, by the way, um, during the year, which Jerry didn't do that. But think about Mike McCarthy. He wins in Green Bay, right? Wins what? One Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. I don't remember how many they won with A-Rod. But, um, you know, he leaves, right? They don't draft receivers. They don't sign receivers. And they're still winning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – if you look at the situation there, they have won because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think you can find another – I mean, you probably pay attention more to the NFL than I do in terms of that stuff. But I don't think that you can – Place wins in Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, that franchise is in trouble. Yes. If Jordan Love is under center at any point this year, look at the year that that uh, Anthony Barr decided to to fall on Aaron Rodgers late and break his collarbone. Like, they were awful. You know, and it's one of those deals to where Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Aaron Rodgers... You know, yes, we talked about how Tom Brady's 42, 43, whatever number he is. You know, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 38? Yeah. He's getting up there. What what happened to Brees as Brees got older? He lost arm strength. Like, he needed more of a supporting cast. He got he got Kamara. He got Michael Thomas. Um, he had Jerry Cook there. Um, you know, he had Brandon Cooks there for a little bit. Like, like, he had guys around him. And right now, like, Aaron Rodgers is reaching that age where we've seen these great quarterbacks. And I hate to use the word fall off because Aaron Rodgers on his worst day um, at <laughs> 75 years old is is still 100 times better than me. But this is the age where we start to see these guys kind of fall off and and they're not getting any help around him. Like, they're, they're still thinking that they've got Aaron Rodgers. We're good. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I mean – I think there's some issues there. And if I'm Green Bay, because of the things you just mentioned, I'm I'm probably going ahead and trading him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I respect A-Rod. He probably doesn't get mentioned in the greatest of all time conversation as much as he should because he's in the same era as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. But I, I think probably uh, he does not get that respect, as you mentioned. There's two other things about the NFL. And I know we're going to talk more NFL tomorrow night, so I'll, I'll just kind of leave this out there and let you be thinking about it. But two other things I mentioned – AFC South is an interesting division. First off, everybody, I don't think anybody's very good. I don't think Tennessee's going to be very good, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. And then the rookie class. I think this is an interesting rookie class, and I know you and I talk a lot about the draft. We love the draft. I think there's a lot of guys um, that are going to be rookies this year that are going to be fun to watch and and some interesting storylines, but we'll talk about that more tomorrow. I know you had some other NFL things. Let's just save it. Let's put a pin in it. We'll come back to you tomorrow because I do want to mention this. NBA Finals, Game 6 on. It actually started at 8 o'clock the same time as we started here on the debut episode of On the Board, On the Bench Sports. They're nearing the end of the first quarter right now. Milwaukee's over the Suns 25-16 in a Game 6 where the Bucks lead the series 3-2. to I think the Bucks are going to go ahead and I kind of had this feeling all day. I think you and I may have mentioned this to each other. Just kind of had the feeling the Bucks were going to win. And then they come out with the stat – that the official tonight, uh, Scott Foster, that Chris Paul has is 0 for his last 12 when he's an official. <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, it, it, it's been an inter- – I, I don't even want to say it's been an interesting series. I've watched – I've paid attention to it and I've watched it. Like I said earlier, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I just think – I'm going to give you some stats. Here, here's what I want to tell you. Game 1 viewership was the second lowest Game 1 viewership ever in NBA Finals history. Game two was the third least watched game in NBA Finals since 1974. 
So the first two games, nobody wanted to watch him. And I think there's a couple of reasons why, and I'll, I'll let you weigh in on it in a minute. But then game four was actually the highest rated finals game since 2019. The bubble last year, the television ratings were awful, and we won't ever talk about that because there's tons of political reasons, and one thing I promise you we're not going to talk about here, and if we do, it's very heated, will be religion and politics, but I'm just telling you, there's a lot of reasons why the viewership was down last year. But I think there's a lack of stars. You made some comments earlier, I'll let you get to it, but other than Giannis, who's, who's like number two in this thing, right? Like, they're trying to make Chris Paul into the superstar, and, and look, NBA guys love Chris Paul. I think people are pulling for Chris Paul to win. Chris Paul doesn't move the needle the way that, you know, Durant and LeBron and those guys move it. You know what I mean? And so when you're when the second biggest stars in the finals are combinations of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who, by the way, I love Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is going to be great, but once again, doesn't move the needle yet, right? Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, who I know you have a thing for with Chris Middleton. Yeah, so so I want to start it off first and foremost. Um, you know, I'm from Texas. You're from Texas. I, I, it's one of those deals where I had to look up to make sure there wasn't a second L in Milwaukee. Like I didn't I didn't know if I, I if I've been pronouncing it right my whole life. And so, like, if you're thinking about it, it's Milwaukee. It's Phoenix. Um, not two big NBA towns. Um, you know, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Your two stars, and and you you said it. It's it's Giannis, and it's it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the star on the Suns, um, but like who who are the next guys? Yeah, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker. Devin Booker didn't even start at Kentucky. He's not there yet in the NBA. Yeah, has he dropped forty the last two games and losses? Absolutely. But your other guy is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Have you looked at him lately? Like. <laughs> He looks like he's an eighth-grade substitute chemistry teacher. Like, like that's your number two in Milwaukee. And so, you know, it, those, those aren't the guys, that, to put it the way you put it, those aren't the guys that move the needle. Yeah. Can Chris Middleton knock down a, a you know, a, a three-point shot when you need him to? Absolutely. When, when Giannis went down with a knee injury, did Chris Middleton step up? Yes. But am I turning on the TV again? Let's go back to the Olympics. Am I turning on the TV to watch Chris Middleton play? Probably not. No, and and here's the thing. Don't and please, if you're out there and you're an NBA guy, I know there's some NBA guys who list who are listening and and would love to text me and say we're idiots. But I don't think it's that those guys aren't talented. I think they're all very talented players. When you watch the game, if you respect and and acknowledge the game of basketball, you would acknowledge the fact that Middleton's a good player, a great player. I think Devin Booker is going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a superstar. It's going to be soon, but it's not. I mean, to NBA to, to diehard NBA fans, yes, they love Devin Booker. They love Chris Paul. They love Chris Milton. Drew, I watched Drew Holiday make a play at the end of Game Five the other night that was amazing. You know, like Drew Holiday's play at the end of Game Five. Yeah, if the Bucks win tonight. If the Bucks win Game Seven, whatever it goes to, Drew Holiday's play is going to be the reason. That the Bucks won this series, and and I like, think that's one of the best plays in Finals history. Yeah, and if you watched the game, you enjoyed watching the game, right? But it wasn't going to make people tune in. It's not the takeaway from the final. I, I think you know, like I said, I think the games have been competitive. I think they've been good games, but it, it's just viewership being down for one or two doesn't surprise me. I, I you know the NBA. I don't think the NBA wanted to be Phoenix and Milwaukee, but team, there. I mean, what were your other options? You know, like Atlanta would have been a little better than Milwaukee, maybe. Um, 
I don't I don't think that I don't I don't think you'd have got much better out of the West when the Lakers were out of it. You know, then who is it? The Clippers, I guess. But you know, I, I just think that Well, I would have taken three games off for injury management, so you know right. But but here's the best thing right. in my mind, and I told you this. I'm glad we don't have a super team in the finals. You know what I mean? Like oh. I I love a lot of things about sports. I don't hate a lot of things about sports, but I hate super teams. I hate the idea that these teams just join up together, these players get together. I hate the like I I hated the Golden State Warriors being successful. Like I absolutely hated it. I did not want the Brooklyn Nets to win this year. I didn't want the Miami Heat to win when it was Wade and James and Bosch. But so I'm glad to see two two teams that are really teams that are good basketball teams winning and having a chance to win a championship. And I think the Bucks are going to do it. You know, here in a couple hours, the Bucks will be champions. Um, but but I think that that's to me that's my favorite part about it. Oh, and absolutely, and 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 I kind of alluded this to you in our conversation earlier. You know, like there, it, it it goes back to that same mindset we had about the Olympics. You know, the U.S. Olympics basketball team, like they have a different mindset than you know back when we were talking about the dream team, like Kobe, MJ, like those guys, like they were killers. Like they, Kobe, who did he pair up with at any point? He had Shaq, but that was younger Kobe, and then. He got Shaq gone, and, you know, MJ had Pippen, and, you know, we've seen a lot about Pippen over the last two, three years. And, and so, I mean, it's like one of those deals, like, I don't, I don't ever see Kobe Bryant having a private conversation with somebody going, you know what, like, I really wish I could team up with, with this person or this person. That way we can go and, and have the super team. Kobe's like, heck it's, no. It's my team. I want the ball. Yeah. I want to do this. And, and you got LeBron taking his talents, talents to South Beach. Well, so. here's and, – and even beyond that, here's what we learned this year, that the super team idea is great if everybody stays healthy, right? But look at teams like Brooklyn when Harden gets hurt, right? Look at, at Golden State when Klay Thompson's out and when Steph misses times. Like, when you build a super team, here's what you're saying. You are betting everything you own on the fact that we're all going to stay healthy and we're all going to go in. And this year it didn't happen. And I, I hope I hope that teams now refuse to go back to that to that method of doing business, you know? Like to me that would be right, the best because, thing for the league. Right, because somebody's gonna win the championship this year. Tonight or what is it? Uh today's Tuesday, tonight or what, Thursday? Somebody's gonna win the championship either tonight or Thursday, and it's not gonna be a super team. And so so you've gotta hope that 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 does kind of change players' mindsets, if anything else, uh, because the players are the ones driving it, I feel. And so, you know, it, I'm not going to say LeBron started it, uh, but obviously he made it as big as what it is, you know, by holding the press conference and taking his talents to South Beach and teaming up with Wade and Bosch. You know, that's when it, you kind of started seeing it regular. Um, and so, you know, you, like you mentioned, you had the Golden State Warriors um, you, you've got Brooklyn this year, and, and, and Durant's been now a part of two of them. Uh, LeBron is, is one player away from being a part of, I guess, two and, of them, three of them, however many you want. But even the Clippers, and, right? Like and, the Clippers tried to do that. They just they couldn't get that extra guy. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Right. It's, it's for, by the way, while we're sitting here talking, the Suns open up the second quarter, eight over on, it's 29-24. Personally, if I want the Suns to win – I, I do, 
like Devin Booker. I like watching Devin Booker. I just – Milwaukee's one of those teams for me that it's like, eh, whatever, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it is what it is. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of baseball real fast. We haven't talked any baseball, really, uh, and, and we won't stay there long. But – actually, we will. The rest of the show is going to be baseball in a weird way. We're talking about our final five in a minute. We're going to do something every episode where we – instead of our top five, we're going to call it our final five because the last five minutes of every episode – We'll have a top five list. We're going to get to that in a minute because it will be baseball. But the MLB All-Star Game was last week. It's one of my favorite things. I think you and I both agree that we enjoy watching the All-Star Game, right? Like seeing the guy. Now, I hated the uniforms this year because one of my favorite things is always seeing the guys in different uniforms out there. Uh, Not to mention, I'm not real sure why we wore those colors unless they just already had those from the Atlanta All-Star Game. When they moved to Colorado, they kept them. You know what I mean? Like the blue uniforms. Like What are we talking about? But – Hideous. Yeah. It was like softball it, it, uniforms. Yeah. Uh, baseball. Yeah. Male, male baseball teams should never wear any pants other than some form of white and gray. But that's a whole other story. Not blue, not black for sure. Okay. But the story of the All-Star game was definitely Shohei Otani. And not just because of what he did in the game, but because of what he's done all season. He was the talk of the All-Star, or the, the home run derby. He was the talk of the game. Joe Buck. Joe Buck has found a new um, man crush, and it's it's now Shohei Otani. But it's warranted, right? Like, I remember when you Darvish came to Texas, you know, uh, he comes over to the United States, and we're like, okay, what's he going to do? And and you Darvish was pretty good, right? Like, you Darvish at times for Texas was really good. However, he's not done what Shohei Otani has done. Shohei Otani, let me give no, you stats. I don't know that anybody has. Uh, never. Uh, we're talking like Babe Ruth since we've been there. And, and if you watch the All-Star game, you heard that because Joe Buck wanted to talk about it the whole time. And I want to talk about it now because I think it's as a baseball fan, it's super impressive what he's doing. But here you go. He's got 34 home runs so far this year and 318 at-bats. If you can do the math, that's one less than every 10 at-bats. That's pretty good. He's got 74 RBI through those 318 at-bats. He's got an OPS of over one, which is phenomenal. As a pitcher, he's 4-1 and one with a 3.2 ERA and 14 starts. And he's got a 191 batting average against. Teams don't even hit 200 against the guy. That's how good he is. Listen to this. this to me, this is the impressive part. The stats are good, but look, I think you and I both can agree because you pitched in high school, and I think you would agree with this. He's had 10 games where he's been the pitcher and he's hit in the lineup. Ten of his starts, he's, he's hit also as a pitcher. And he's had four games where he's pitched and then gone to the outfield. That's nuts. It's crazy to me the guy's doing it. They don't even let kids do that in college. No. Like, like they kind of shut you down. Heck, they shut you down in tournament ball as you get older. Like, hey, you're a PO. Like, that's it. That's all you're going to do is you're going to pitch. Yep. And and we got Otani doing it in the MLB. Like, it, it's it's unheard of. It's it's unbelievable. And here's the thing to me. Here's what can – I, I am concerned for Shohei, right? Because, number one, the Angels are not very good. Okay, that's a problem, Right. But number two, and, and they mentioned this in the All-Star game the other night, and, and I'm not a Joe – by the way, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but I'm not a Joe Buck fan. I don't like Joe Buck at all. But what he said was correct in the fact that you could you can see him starting to get tired, right? Like you can just watch his body language and his body, and, yeah, he's having a good time, but he's tired. And I hope that what they're not doing to him is killing his career. And I don't mean like right now, but I mean like – and is he going to be able to do this long-term? You know what I mean? And I just think physically it's tough, but I think mentally it's tough, man. Like, you were a pitcher. 
you, and, and a pretty good one, but you know this, like the mental strain of being a pitcher and then you have to go to the plate and having to hit against major league pitching, to me, that's probably too much. I, I think that ultimately, while it's impressive, I think it's ridiculous what he's doing. Like, give the guy the MVP, but I'm worried about him well, doing that. Th- I mean, think think about his mental game, like how he has to prepare. Um, you know, I just know – I, I didn't play past high school, but I even know in high school getting a scouting report as a pitcher, like you're sitting there, you want to learn the nuances – and, and the strength and the weaknesses of, of the batters that you're about to face, imagine you're doing that, not one every every five games like a normal pitcher, because the other games you're having to learn about the pitcher that you're about to face. Yeah. And so, I mean, he, he's, he's number one, he's got to be a genius um, on top of being probably one of the best young baseball players in the game. Um, but but just doing what he's doing, um, yeah. Like you said, give him the MVP right now. And I mean, and you heard him say this. He doesn't take batting practice, right? Like he does. Yeah, they he, said he hasn't taken it all year. Yeah, he does drill work and t work, but he doesn't do batting practice. So it, it's it's ridiculous what the guy's doing. Um, I went and looked at his game log today because I was curious how they're using him on days after he pitches, right? Like, for instance, are they giving him a day off to be the DH? He's only been the DH. You know, he's only played in the field like 12 times, right? So he's been the DH a lot, so he's getting some time to rest his arm and his legs or whatever. But, um, you know, I just – I think they're going to have to slow down on that. And listen, Joe Madden, uh, if you follow Joe Madden's career, both with the, the Rays and with the Cubs, like he does things unique. He's a I – think, I think Joe Madden is a genius, honestly. A lot of people don't like him. I think he's a genius. I think he'll manage it the right way. But I think, man, for that guy to be so young and what they're doing to him, I think they got to be careful a little bit with Shohei um, because I personally, I think it's great for the game. I think what he's doing is great for the game and we got to keep him healthy so he can keep doing it. Oh, absolutely. And and he's doing, you know, he's doing something that, that kids, not just, you know, not just kids, not in the U S like the U S kids are looking at and saying, Hey, I would love to do that. Like I would love to be a two way guy in the MLB. Like kids aren't just growing up and dreaming, about wanting to just play in the MLB anymore. Like, they're like, hey, I want to pitch and I want to hit. Like, if it's possible. Like, I see it. I see that it's possible. Like, that's what I want to do. And what's great is it's kind of a slap in the face. I think you and I both also are against the specialization of of young athletes, which has kind of taken its toll. Um, It's kind of a slap in those guys' face, right? Because you, you mentioned POs. You know, you have a lot of guys who think they're just pitchers only, and this guy, by the way, is raking uh, on it in both accounts at the highest level. So uh, all you guys who think you can only do one thing, um, newsflash, you're wrong. So uh, anyway, Shohei, I know we'll talk some more baseball as we go along. I know the pennant races are getting there. The trade deadline is coming up uh, next weekend. That'll be a big deal as well. Okay, I mentioned this a minute ago. Um, we we kind of wanted to find something unique to do here uh, on, on the board. Uh, here on the Bench Sports debut episode, by the way. If you're tuning in today, if you've listened to us on episode one, thank you for being here. We're also going to have this out on podcast on Anchor uh, for you to listen to as well. So uh, we're on Twitter at On the Board and then the number three. But we wanted something unique, and we decided to come up with this. We're going to call it our final five, not our top five. It'll be a top five list, but we're going to call it the final five because every show, every episode, the final five minutes, you're going to get our final five. Different topics every day. They'll be random. We're going to stick with baseball. This is the one I came up with today. 
If you have an idea for this, by the way, you can put it on Twitter, uh, send us a DM or post it, and we'd love to be a part of this. Or we'd love to have you be a part of this. Give your top five as well. I'll ask the question on Twitter tonight as well, and you can give your answers. Here we go. Here's today's topic. Josh, why don't you go first now? It's the final five, so you got two and a half minutes. So when I cut you off, don't be upset with me. Okay, here we go. All right, so, so am I just giving you one and you go one, or am I giving you all five? We'll, we'll go one at a time. We'll start at number five and cut down. That's what we'll do. All right, here we go. All right, that's, so that's, my number five. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it. Hey, I got to get the topic first. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. Today's topic, debut episode of On the Board. Final five. Your top five Major League Baseball uniforms of all time. So, of all time, every uniform ever worn, probably not ever worn because I haven't seen them all. Of the ones I've seen, here are my top five. Your number five, please, sir. Hank Aaron's Braves. White jersey. Blue on the sleeves, red writing. That that's got to be in everybody's top five. Seventies, sixties Braves. They're pretty good. It was one that I kind of considered in mind, but not really. Here we go. Number five for me. Nineteen eighty-eight San Francisco Giants road grays. Okay. Here's why. It's it's. I think you and I both are like this. It's because of what I remember seeing on TV, and I remember being five, six, seven years old when Will Clark and uh, Matt Williams and Kevin Mitchell and those guys were just raking for the Giants, right? And I remember them always playing. It felt like they were always playing at Wrigley, wearing those road grays. They're my number five. Number four for you, sir. The Till Mariners. And strictly because of the kid, Ken Griffey and Jay Buhner. Like, like I just picture Ken Griffey looking over his left shoulder, wearing his hat backwards, and you see him wearing the Till gray with the 24 and Griffey on the back. Man. I don't know why I didn't have it at one. Yeah, you make a good argument. We were talking before the show about that. That was one that I considered because of the Griffey effect. Okay, number four for me, 1994 Braves home uniforms. I remember Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, those guys up on the hill just dealing. Chipper Jones breaks in the league. He's up there hitting it a million miles. David Justice. Uh, Here's some names for you. Ron Gant. Kenny Lofton gets traded to the Braves in 95. Uh, let's uh, all kind of guys played for him, right? You and I both we're both old enough. We we grew up having to watch the Cubs and Braves a lot because of the TV situation, right? Like you didn't have satellite and have all these packages. You watch the Braves, but the '94 Braves home uniforms they do it for me. Number three for you. Give me Gonzo, Rusty Greer, and Pudge in a Rangers uniform all day long. The red ones, right? You like the red? The red ones. Yeah, yeah yes. mid '90s, mid '90s red Rangers uniforms. They're definitely good. They're tough. Mainly because the guys you mentioned, right? Like, when I think Pudge, that's what I think. And for sure when I think I, Rusty Greer, that's what I think. I, and another name that you've already mentioned, a part of that Giants team, Will Clark. That's right. Will Clark wore the Reds. Not a fan of the current Reds, by the way. Just We won't talk about that, but I'm not a fan of their current Red uniforms. Okay. Number three for me. The current Oakland Athletics solid whites. Is there anything better than turning on a game in Oakland late night, and they're wearing the solid white uniforms, the white shoes, the green and yellow helmet. I love the look of the Athletics' home white uniforms. And see, and that's one thing where you got me. You said turn it on late at night. Like, if you want to watch an <laughs> Athletics game where they're wearing those white uniforms, like, it's like 1130 here. I'm a Rangers so. fan, right? I'm a Rangers fan, so i got to watch them sometimes. Okay, we, we've got about three minutes left. Number two for you. The Till Marlins. Give, give me LeVon Hernandez. The, the the number 61, the Till Marlins. 
Gary Sheffield, by the way. Um, do, do you remember this, Josh? The, the, the couple of, I think it was about 10 days where Mike Piazza played for the Marlins. Do you remember that? Uh, I do remember. The Dodgers trading to the that. Marlins and they turned and trade to the Mets. I remember the first time, we were probably watching it together, honestly. I remember the first time I turned on SportsCenter, saw Mike Piazza in the Marlins uniforms. I was like, what in the heck is going on? But I, I told you before we came on the air, Mar- the Marlins were almost a part of my list, but really about the early 2000 Marlins, right? The pinstripe uniforms, those were really nice. Okay, number two. Great counsel. Yeah, now we're getting more old school for me a little bit. Uh, by the way, I say old school. Uh, I don't go past like the last 40 years, but whatever. Okay, number two, the 1990 Cincinnati Reds home uniforms. Remember these, the V-neck that had just the C logo with Reds in it on the chest? Eric Davis, Barry Larkin, Chris Sabo, and the goggles. Uh, Rob Dibble, uh, Norm Charlton, Jack Armstrong. Those guys in the 90, uh, 1990 Reds home uniforms won the World Series that year. They swept the Oakland Athletics. I love the Reds home uniforms. They're number two for me. And what's your top one? My top one is the Montreal Expos. I think mainly for the hat, but, I mean, and, and you can give me any year. Like, But I think mainly for the hat, um, I miss that. Like, I need somebody to bring that back. I guess we're on like uh, memory lane here, we, and we haven't. Me, we, me and you didn't talk about this beforehand, but do you remember when we were kids when we would go watch the Astros in the Astrodome? It it seems like we always watched them play the Expos, right? Like, do you remember? Like I remember that being what I, I feel like we always watched them play the Expos. They wore the baby blues and the hats were great. I remember I went to Montreal one time. First thing I did was walk in the store, find me an Expos hat. Wish I still had it. If I could find one now. It wasn't $100, I'd probably buy it, but I'm with you. Expos are great. Okay, here's where I'm at. And and my number one mainly is my number one because of this team has worn them recently as throwbacks. And I remembered how much I love them. I'm an MLB The Show player, and this is the uniform I always try to get because I love it. 1986 New York Mets white pinstripes at home, right? They've got the, the, block, the block riding, the V-necks. They're perfect. I remember seeing guys like Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, Howard Johnson. Lenny Dykstra wore those before he got traded over to the Phillies and he became a criminal, but Lenny Dykstra wore them. And so Greg Jeffries, 1986, home white uniforms of the New York Mets. Okay, that's it. That's our final five for tonight. We've had a great first episode. I'll tell you what, as I mentioned in the beginning, you better get on board here with the bench sports. Get on board with on the board on the bench sports and big things are happening. I know we're excited. We're going to be back on tomorrow, same time, same channel, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to talk a lot more football tomorrow just because we're on that kick right now. That's what time it is. And who knows what's going to happen between now and then. It's kind of the crazy season. Crazy things can happen. Josh, it's been real, man. It's been fun. I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad we're doing it together because it's going to be amazing on the board here on the Bench Sports and we'll do it again tomorrow night here on the Bench Sports. Get the app. Get on board. Find us on Twitter. On the board. The number three. Peace.